This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Mareska. Welcome to CyberSound. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Pufall, joined by Steve Mareska and Matt Fasaro, as always. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey. So today, today we get to talk about the Secure Access Service Edge, uh, which is pronounced maybe SASE. Sassy. SASE, right? <laughs> or SASE. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know for a hundred percent sure what everybody's referring to this as, but um Matt, you're you're the sassiest person here. Uh well maybe on the podcast, but not not in this company. That's <laughs> that for could, sure. That, on the podcast, that's fair <laughs> though, I think. Um uh, give us a sense of what this is. Sure. So uh most people are calling it sassy at this point. Um so like uh, like Jason said, an acronym S A S E. Uh secure access service edge. What the heck does that mean? All right, so I'd say this is probably just yet another um, marketing effort to start vendor lock-in. What do you What do you think, Steve? <laughs> I, I, I think it's 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 a usual Gartner and uh, research org way of compartmentalizing the market into areas that make sense. That's what this is ultimately. It's as you might expect from orgs like that about technologies you probably already know that you've heard in passing, if not use it, you know, it's, it's not unfamiliar. We're talking about stuff like zero trust, um, uh, cloud access, security brokers, CASBs, you know, things Firewalls in that. In cloud. Yes, exactly. Yep. Things of that variety. So uh, I yeah. guess you know, my, my main question initially is, because I think people probably are somewhat familiar with zero trust. You know, is yep. it just another name for zero trust or is there a fundamental difference to it? So there's some big differences to it. Um, like Steve alluded to, Gartner's the one that came up with SASE and the whole space, and they they define what a SASE solution is. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so really, to be a SASE solution, you need to be totally cloud-based. There might be some site presence of uh, what you would typically consider a firewall, but in this case, it's really just a box that links you up to uh, a provider, right? With, the provider could be quite a few different people. You know, your your Palo Altos of the world, Fortinets, Cato is a huge one. Um, they're they're the ones where basically what they want to do is they want to take your traffic from your site or from your uh, from your home uh, and apply policy to it. Okay. That's really the the beginning and end of what that what that is. If we want to push it down to a sentence, so um, so that wait to boil it down. Then is it, it is it really just fundamentally then a technology to help? protect a more remote workforce? I mean, is that is that the intent here? So I think it's a it's an offshoot. Okay. But but also not just remote workforce, uh, infrastructure that's distributed. Right. It's not necessarily on-premises. It's, you know, SaaS this, uh, SaaS that, maybe some cloud providers mixed in, federated identities across multiple different platforms and across network boundaries. That's a really key component of all of this. Right, yeah, the, the network boundaries is the real issue. Most of the time, right? Your, your firewall sits in one place. Your applications, your people, they don't anymore. Yep. Right. Um, and the, the big challenge is we've got people all over the place, branch offices. We, we need to apply policy. We don't want to do it 11 times, right? We want to do it once and be able to have it apply to uh, whoever's using it wherever they are, right? So we want to make those rules and apply them um, kind of distributed and globally. Um one of the things that makes this really challenging is a lot of people are still in the the managed internet space, right? So you, this would be something that you'd have to watch out for if you 
are going to go down this path is you know if you're if you're dealing with like AT&T or something like that and you've managed MPLS uh, or any, any type of uh, router at your edge where you don't manage it, um, it, it'll be difficult for you to roll into something like this. Uh, but the the whole goal here really is that single pane to manage policy. So maybe not perfect for the small business relying on like a, a Comcast or a Spectrum or something like that? Yeah. So I think the small business, I think you're still going to get approached with these things. Uh, they're really trying to grab market share with these full suite of um, solutions here. They want they want to own your VPN. They want to own your user traffic wherever they are, right? So they, it behooves them to go out and even the small businesses say, hey, you know, you could send all your traffic to us and you know, either we'll fully manage it or... You got one place to manage all of it. It may not make sense, though. Okay. E- examples of smaller businesses that might still play in this space are those with multiple offices, no real central headquarters per se, but broadly shared infrastructure. Say you have, you know, medical practice. You have five to ten regional offices, uh, and you tend to use the same applications. You use SD WAN or something like that. Those are the related technologies that might be appropriate and facilitate the the broader uh, SASE sphere. It still hurts to say. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a tough acronym. There's, there's no doubt. Like, you know, zero trust rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, I mean, zero trust is built into the SaaS. That's a required component, if you ask Gartner, that zero trust has to be built into the solution. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is they, they want it to be part of a total package. Right. right? That, that's where I start to disagree with how how this is really being sold to you in a marketing sense. And, and be, you're, you're saying because of the vendor lock-in? Issue? They really do want yeah. you to have a complete vendor lock-in, or they claim it's not sassy. Right? Okay. Um, that that there's a lot of challenges there because now you're you're talking about full upgrades. Sometimes, like you're you're ripping stuff out that you've already put some type of uh, capital expenditure into, you know, such as firewalls, networking equipment, um, <laughs> types of firewalls that you've put in the cloud. You know, they, they want you to replace all that with you know, vendor X their stuff, right? Uh, you can absolutely accomplish all of these things in a roll your own type of uh, solution. But again, it, it's going to, it's going to definitely depend on your team's ability to yeah. do that. And though, more management, right? I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Applications at the fringe that, you know, are business critical, but maybe older legacy that they, they fall out of the, the realm of uh, Sassy's real goals where they play well because maybe they don't have really well-defined APIs. Maybe they don't do well with web services. If they're like that or if they require logging in with fat clients to some terminal services system, they're out of this sphere. They can be made to work, right? It's just the cost savings and complexity that are hypothetically being saved are end up being retained ultimately. Right. Yeah, it, that's that's a good point is that <laughs> You're always going to get sold that this is somehow going to save you money. Maybe, you know, it's going to depend on your complexity, right? You know, how big you are, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, why, why, why is it coming into light now? This type of model has been around for uh, maybe a year and a half or so. The actual term has been around. Uh, vendors, vendors that got on top of it, um, you know, like the Cato's of the world, we're pretty quick to put a whole solution together, but now we're starting to see a lot of the firewall vendors come out with their own uh, package to do this. Uh, they're actually pushing people quite a bit into the cloud managed firewall. Um, so I think you're going to start getting this pitched to you by either your MSP or 
when you go out to a vendor to get a firewall, they're going to say, hey, you know, we have this solution now. Go look at this, this nice shiny new thing, right? Um, and that's not to say that the, this model isn't bad. It's just this is new. I think there's, this is a huge sales effort to put things together that you may have already been using or already exist, right? And just be aware. And, and let's say that an organization is ripe to move in this direction. Um, there are some predecessor activities that are absolutely required in order to make good use of it. An excellent um, area of focus, in my opinion, is sound identity management, because innate in every aspect of the technologies in, involved under this umbrella are uh, policies shifting from network defined to identity defined, role right. defined. And if as an organization, you have a thousand users and everyone has access to everything, you're not ready to move towards something of this nature, maybe in components, but you won't realize the policy management capabilities until you've made some degree of effort to constrain scope from role-based yeah, security. Absolutely. So you know, kind of what jumps out to me, and, and we talk about this all the time, right? Which is making a fairly large security spend on maybe a technology that you're not ready for. And, and you know, sort of the more I listen, the more it occurs to me that you know, maybe larger companies that already have a you know a pretty well defined security program. You know, a lot of the technical t- controls in place might be. Would you say you're ripe for this? Um, but I feel like the majority of people that we that we speak with probably have other issues. You know, your your identity statement is really what made me think of this. Is you know, there's places where spending time to improve you know understanding what your user population is, how that population is managed, you know, role based access to certain data, like. Those are really relevant activities that probably are more important than trying to roll something this, like this out. But but I'm interested in your thoughts if you think that's a, a reasonable statement. Yeah, I think it's going to depend on your – again, I'm going to go back to complexity on this one. If you're not a com- complex organization, you could actually find some some benefit out of doing this, right? Um, simplifying the that last piece of you know, networking and security together, that that's attractive, right? But – you know, if you've got a lot of custom applications, or you're you can't really move between the cloud, or you, your users being out of your building isn't feasible for what you do. Like if you're manufacturing, sure, you, you know maybe this doesn't doesn't work for you, right? I'd say that, you know, the other side of the coin would be areas where it does make sense. If if an organization has a lot of cloud services, they have a significant investment in Azure or AWS or cloud, uh, Google Cloud or all three. Frankly, you know, dipping into the pond with firewall as a service, uh, with other technologies of that sort, they're appropriate because you're able to protect those resources in a dynamic way that may be, in fact, uh, in concert with identities that are in Azure AD, for example. It might mean that you still have a boatload of work on-prem, but you can make the beginnings of a migration. And then as, as technology permits, as you're uh, hardware software cycles make it reasonable then make some later shifts in a couple of years yeah it, it, that that's a good point too is that the the progression here doesn't have to necessarily be all or nothing right they're going to push you to do that because that's the solution you, the, a lot of these people that you talk to uh, when you're evaluating something like this they're told to push the solution right so remember that you can start to kind of roll services into it, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing um Simple enough. Uh, it, it, you know, it, this is pretty probably atypical for us, right? Because it's very technology specific today. Um, a- anything that you haven't covered that maybe you wanted to touch on here regarding this? 
any you know any vendors really stand out in the space? Yeah, you you named I think three at least, right? Palo, Fortinet, Cato is sort of being ones that jumped out. But yeah, those those are the ones I'm most familiar with at this point. It, uh, I don't personally have experience with either of them in this particular uh, product space. Um, you know, we've we've used different things from each of them. Um, but yeah, this particular product I haven't. I mean, I would say the main takeaway, in my opinion, is that. Uh, Recognize that it's out there, that it's a technology suite or a vendor uh, capability you should pay attention to, at least for planning new architectures, for making shifts. Uh, if you're making contractions across offices, you know, maybe that's the sort of thing that you might need at the moment to make better use of more limited resources. Uh, take a look at the Gardner Quadrant. I mean, they invented it. They're worth following. Uh, they define vendors that have those capabilities. Uh, but everyone outside of that, you know, top right quadrant of their uh, of their representation. Maybe they're still worth playing. You have investments in those other fringe vendors. They probably are trying to compete. Therefore, there are you know middle ground technologies that might make sense to deploy. Um, and I think you know, maybe my final question is: I and you had alluded to this, Matt, a little bit, which is it often is looked at as a wholesale replacement of a lot of your networking equipment. Is there interoperability between vendors? Uh, or you know, do you really need to have you know, a standardized sort of product set from a specific vendor? Most of the time, there there isn't much interoperability. Um, so it's not standards-based necessarily? Yes and no, right? So if you wanted to apply policy to everything, you're going to have a really hard time, right? Unless you build something custom on top of that, uh, or or if you find another party that says, "Hey, you know, we, we may not be classified as a SASE solution, but we can manage all these things and centralize your policy." Right? Um, I can't I can't think of one off the top of my head, but um, that that's where the challenge you're going to have is being able to pass those identities between you know a firewall or a VPN connection and an application, they all have to talk to each other, right? That That's what this solution promises, is that you can do all of that, apply the policy once, and then based on those policies, the user can move around wherever that gets applied, right? You're not worried about where the links are anymore, right? It's all, okay, the service is being used. Is it being used in this fashion by this user? Okay, it's either allowed or not. Right, okay. Um, so I mean, really, the, the key t- takeaway here probably is, though, the way we work is changing. Uh, our, you know, our applications are in different locations. Our infrastructure is in a variety of locations. We need to figure out how to secure this. And this is just this is one alternative, right? One option right now that, that people have. Um, it certainly sounds like you're both recommending at least people familiarize themselves with this and understand what the, what the capabilities are, uh, make some decisions about whether it's right for them and, and frankly, you know, when it might be right for them. Yeah, and make sure you're walking into it with uh, a good understanding of your own network. You're, you're going to have to understand your identity system and your applications in order to even consider something like this. So if you're not even prepared to do that, then Sassy's not for you, right. <laughs> not yet at least. But yeah, that, that'll prioritize some things for you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, well, I appreciate you guys chatting about this. Uh, candidly, I've learned something about it uh, here, which is which is great. Uh, as always, if anybody wants to continue the conversation, you know, feel free to reach out to us at Vancord at LinkedIn uh, or Vancord Security at Twitter. Uh, we're happy to have a conversation. We're happy to direct you to folks who you know, are real experts in this space if you feel that that's an appropriate direction for you. Um, and as always, we hope you got some value out of this podcast and thanks for listening. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. 
This has been Cybersound.